Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. When the clock's down and you have to make a play, what is going through your mind? Go get a bucket. I love being in those moments. I love being the one to, you know, take those shots, you know, with all that pressure. John Moran pours in 47 points to lead the way. Not as a strong Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. I'm Malika Andrews, and what a game last night it was from John Morant. A little peek behind the curtain here. Kendrick Perkins, he was supposed to be here, but then he got a flat tire. I'm not even joking. On the way to the airport, he got a flat tire, so he's not here. So I want to take my one and possibly only opportunity. I get to do it today. I'm going to take us to no, the dark side. Uh, no, you're, no, no, you're not, Malika. You're not taking us to the dark side. Look, what I need you to do is walk to that desk with Matt and RJ, so and y'all keep a cool booty, and I'm going to host this set. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to host this segment for right now, and I'm going to take us to the dark side. You know how I feel about the Memphis Grizzlies and G12. And we want to talk about John Morant and his Jordan-esque performance last night. That 47-piece wing dinner, all drumsticks fried hard. <laughs> Let's run the tape. Let's see these plays. We talking about every single bucket at that. You see him, must-win situation. He's poised. 22 like, years of age, uh, getting out in transition. Clay Thompson in front. Oh, Clay didn't want no I'm gonna take off no. from the dots. Take off, from, take off from the dots. Little fingertip dip. Here you go. Back, I see Clay Thompson guard me with the headband. His hang time is I'm incredible. gonna figure it out once I get into the app. You see it? Uh, come here, Clay. Yeah. Come here, Draymond. With his verticality to him. <laughs> Here we go. Going on to the third quarter. <laughs> Going to the third quarter. Uh-oh. Trying to get in there, mix it up a little bit. He got poked in the eye. Yeah, That's the last thing you want to do to him is piss him off. He already <laughs> played with an edge. He already had the underdog mentality. He telling you right now, I can't see. I can't see. I can't see. Get the get the uh, oh, eye drop. Sting, by the way. Back into the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, but he's good. He's good, man. He's good from the mud. Who we see in front of him? Steph, hey, Steph Curry. I see food. Look, he's too small. And I did it with one eye. Look, he's telling the fans. How can you Ooh, not love him? Picking on Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. He's going left. Yeah. That's one thing he's going to do. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah, get to that Going left. left. Look, Ooh. high pick Ooh, and roll. Picking on Clay Thompson in the middle of the uh, – picking on Clay Thompson in the pick and roll. Look at him. That's I see tough. Clay. Camille, you say I can't shoot? Yeah. You say I can't shoot? 18 of those points were in the fourth. G12 Ooh. in the building. Here we it's go the, right oh, here. My favorite player of the night. Come here, Jordan Poole. Don't run by the pool. Don't run by the pool, Jordan. Don't run by the pool, Jordan. Hey, don't run by the no, pool, Jordan. Hey, uh, hey, slippery out there. They, they must have had... They, they must have had the music playing because he was doing the stanky leg. Here we go. 102-101. <laughs> 
Check this out. Uh, in the paint. Nice floater. Try to put Wiggins on him. You still too small. Here we go. And you know I had to go to Twitter after this performance. Single best. Single best performance of the playoffs so far. Carry on and good night. Hashtag Ja. Hashtag dark side. So since I'm hosting, since I'm hosting, I'm going to start off with you, Malika. Oh. Out of all due respect, since I'm taking over your seat, I'm going to give you the respect right now. And Why ask, are we even here What today? do you think about that performance? And what do you think about my, my tweet? All right, so you said it's the best playoff performance basically to date is what yeah. Big Perk was saying. And I was thinking about this this morning, and certainly it's the highest scoring performance of the playoffs so far. To me, the question is, where does the series go from here? Because the only performance that came to my mind, I thought about Luka Doncic and his 45. That was in a loss. DeMar DeRozan, game two of the series against the Bucks, he had 41 points. They won that game, but then the Bucks steamrolled them the rest of the way. So if those Warriors are able to pick it up and rattle off three consecutive wins after that, I think that this performance will be thought of in a similar light as DeMar DeRozan's great but not quite enough. If this is the thing that catapults them to being the team that knocks off the Golden State Warriors, who a lot of folks think have a path to the finals along with the Phoenix Suns, and ooh-wee, watch out. Watch out. All right, Matt. I'm sorry, Perk. <laughs> I'm, I'm not running the segment. It's you. It's not you. I'm not going to tee up Matt. Go for uh, it. Perk, can I speak? Yeah, yeah. I see, I see you. Yeah, I see Malika Stradley in the fence. So let me ask you, Matt, what do you think about the performance? Love, Was it the greatest single game performance? To the point, yes. Yes, I love it. But my question is, okay. who's coming along for the ride with this team mm -hmm. is the question. Jaron Jackson had a great game one, came back down to earth mm -hmm. game two. Let mm -hmm. me read you some numbers. Bain averaged 23 and a half uh, versus Minnesota. He's only averaging seven points on 29% from the field and 22% from the mm, three-point line. Breach. Brooks averaged 16 and a half against Minnesota, is averaging four points, 18% from the field and 22% from the three-point line, and he probably will be suspended for the next game. So my question is, the reason why I said this game would go six is because I was expecting something like this from Jaw once or twice, but there's just too much depth and too much experience on the Warriors' side. But although this was a tremendous performance, he's going to have to do this four more times, for, or excuse me, three more times for them to advance. Oh, okay, Matt. I, I somewhat agree with you, but I did say he had a Jordan-esque performance. Agreed. So I believe that he's going to keep it up. Not, not, not Squidward. I mean, RJ, <laughs> what do you have to say about my tweet <laughs> and about crazy. that post? I need to know. One, I don't appreciate this disrespect when, I do. you know, you had four flat tires on your way to work today. So we'll, we'll discuss that later. But it was. It was the best performance. Now, mind you guys, we're in the second game of round two. We got a lot more basketball to go. Yeah. But thus far, that was the that was a performance because it is if you lose the first two games at home, 88% of the time, that is an actual statistic that I'm not making up. You lose the series so I'm not saying this was a must win but it wasn't going to go well if they didn't and it took every point mm. every free throw every three-pointer for his team to not be a part of that you know 88 mm. percent and so it was the most important performance and it was the best performance on top of that thus far oh you could say the same thing though for DeMar which is no why it's no, be no, no, no 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 that was going to be a wrap for the like they didn't have a chance 
They didn't have a chance. I adore you, but you running the show has been chaos, so I'm going to get back a little bit of control here. After the game, Anscape's Mark Spears, he tweeted out a stat from ESPN Stats and Information. Shout out to our researchers, Caesar and Schwartz. Ja Morant joins LeBron James and Kobe Bryant as the only players with multiple 45-point games in the playoffs before turning 23 years old, to which Ja Morant responded this, brawn and bean, with a couple emojis for good measure. All right. Also, in last night's game, Dylan Brooks, he was ejected after committing this flagrant two on Gary Payton in the second. You can see it here. So catching a guy in midair, that's pretty dangerous. I I'm not saying it was intentional. Even if it wasn't intentional, that's dangerous. You can see here that Peyton goes down hard. It's not uncommon to try to brace yourself, break your fall, but that play resulted in a fractured left elbow. So Peyton is having a MRI today. Here's Steve Kerr after the game. I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it, it was dirty. And, um, <clears throat> you know, playoff basketball is going to, it's supposed to be physical. You know, everybody's going to compete. Everybody's going to fight for everything. But there's a code in this league. There's a code that players follow um, where you never put a guy's season slash career in jeopardy by taking somebody out in midair and clubbing him across the head and ultimately fracturing Gary's elbow. He broke the code. Dylan Brooks broke the code. That's how I see it. Senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski joining us now. And Adrian, I, I want to start with Peyton here. What's the current prognosis for his injury? Well, the fractured elbow, we get the MRI today when the team gets back to Golden State. Listen, I don't think there's a lot of optimism that he can play again this season, but they've not ruled him out yet. Uh, they'll get the MRI to see the extent of the damage. Um, but listen, if there was a deep run into June, is it possible? Yes, they haven't uh, really put a timeline on it yet. But a fractured elbow and possible ligament damage, they'll find out with the MRI. So certainly uh, a difficult loss for this Golden State team that really had grown to depend on uh, GP. We'll get into that loss more in just a moment. But for Dylan Brooks, what are you hearing about potential repercussions here? Well, because there's a couple days between games, they don't play again until Saturday, you may not get a decision from the NBA today. They'll talk to everybody involved, uh, players, coaches, officials. I think because there was an injury and they have the ability when they meet out punishment here uh, to be able to take that into account. You saw that with Grayson Allen yep. and Alex Caruso. That probably would have just been a flagrant two in the season there probably would not have been a one game suspension until the next day when Alex Caruso when they found out he had a, a fractured wrist so I think probably very much you're very much looking at a one game suspension one thing in Dylan Brooks's favor mm -hmm. that this happened so early in the game yep. that last night almost becomes a, a suspension in itself because he was out missed three and a half quarters of the game perhaps that keeps it from being two games uh, but I, I think he's probably going to at least miss a game, especially given uh, that there was a significant injury suffered by Peyton. I see you, Matt, and RJ shaking your heads. I, Richard, what, what are you thinking about all this? Like, I, I, I hear what Woj is saying. I don't care if it was one second in the game right. or one second left to go in the game. Right. It, like, that, that type of stuff is, is inexcusable, mainly because his season is potentially over. So I, I, I just, for me personally, as a player, you don't want to see that happen. But, this, you know, for people that have said it, it's like, oh, well, that was basically like a suspension. You know, I, I feel like it was. It was. He was already 
nobody out, but nope. I, I just feel like that is too much. And when you look at it, any player, it doesn't matter an important player, if it's an all-star, if it's an MVP, whatever it is, any player you put in that position with that type of injury, one second to go in the game yeah. or one second starting that game, it doesn't matter. Frankly, it's hard to keep watching that video yeah. over yeah. and we, over of, of, of him going down. Matt, for those of us who didn't play in the league, can you just explain briefly the code that, that Kerr is referring to yeah. and whether or not you believe it was broken? I think it was broken, and this is coming from someone who had a long list of flagrant fouls and flagrant two. <laughs> Appreciate you, know you taking I mean? that but responsibility. I think that we have a responsibility, as Coach Kerr mentioned. This guy, obviously, Dylan Brooks was trying to make a hustle play, and he's the guy, I like him. He's the guy that brings the toughness and the edge outside of jaw to that team. But he you could, you could see, if you watch the whole play, he's sprinting as hard as he could, and then he just kind of takes a windmill shot at the head, and RJ will tell you, he was a real high flyer. You are your most vulnerable once you're up in the air. You have no control over anything except hopefully getting to that rim and holding on the rim so you don't fall off the rim. So the way he swung and the way that GP came down, uh, very unfortunate situation. And then again, like I said, I was someone who had these type, not, not this kind, but had flagrant twos. But again, there's a responsibility we have to each other. If you can't go vertical and meet him with your body, a windmill swing at someone's head when he's going full speed into a dunk is a great way to hurt somebody. Perk, your reaction here. You, I'm, I'm with RJ. I'm with everybody on the panel. I think that Dylan Brooks should be suspended for game three and possibly game four. Look, mm. you have to clean this up. It, it, look, we talking about they, people saying we don't know if he did it intentionally. He fouled him on purpose, and he did it right. with intentions. Okay, let's we get that out that. the way. Here's the thing that we have to – he, nah, I mean, you, looking at the play, I, you I, you can't, I'm, you can't I'm look at a person. Yes, yeah, but you're no, making no, an assumption. Yes, you can't. You can't no, look at a yes, person I, and know what their intent was. It was a dangerous play mm, regardless, but you can't. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't realize we had a bunch I'm of mind readers. I'm, 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 I'm going to okay. Please continue. Okay, okay, okay so, so here's, here's the thing, right? As, as former players, including myself, especially guys that former players that are in the media and have a voice, we have to do a better job of stop with that. The league is getting soft. Uh, the league needs to toughen up. This is the playoff type talk because guys are actually listening to us. And I'm talking about guys that are playing. And so it's a way to be physical without doing ignorant things, right? You look at the Miami Heat. They play physical. They play hard-nosed defense. You look at the uh, Boston Celtics. They do the same. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns, they all play physical. They all play with a chip on their shoulder without doing ignorant things. So at the end of the day, we have to start controlling this narrative because it's not the 80s, it's not the 90s, it's not the early 2000s, right? This is a new evolution of basketball where it's skills, shooting, and guess what? It's actually more entertaining. So, yes, it may not be, you know, the Dennis Rodman or Charles Oakley or the MJ era or even my era, but it's the entertainment era. And I think we need to stop adding fuel to the fire because these current players are actually watching what a lot of former players are saying on social media or on national television, and they're trying to go out there and say, you know what, it's not soft. And things like this happen with Dylan Brooks flagrant fouling uh, Gary Payton II, who's now out probably for the majority of the postseason, which is unfortunate. Perk, how old were you when you dunked the ball for the first time? 21? Uh, 12. <laughs> 12. How old were you when you dunked the ball for the first 12. time? 12. I was about 13 years old when I dunked the ball for the first time. I know what a fast break looks like. I have 
four months out in a season because I had my wrist taken out on a dunk. Mm -hmm. I know not necessarily the intent to hurt, but I know the intent yes. to foul extremely hard. That's, yes, and that's that is the fair. repercussions that come from that. But he knew what he was doing. He didn't intend to hurt him. Right. But when you do those moves, then you know as any player, if I hit a guy like that, do I know what's going to happen? No. Do I know bad things can happen yeah. severely? Yes. So the intent is you know the potential of what your act is going to do when you're doing it. And we see it all in real time, fast time. Matt pointed it out. If you're running full speed, you watch the play before. He's speeding up because you know he's going to try and take a ball. You do not swing in club like this trying to get a block shot from behind on a person that is in a vulnerable spot. So I'm just there. I love Dylan Brooks. I think he's a great player. Yep. I don't think he's a dirty player, but Agreed. that, like Matt, or that, like, like Steve Kerr said, that was a dirty play. There's nobody in the NBA in any era that says that it, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We're going to get into this game a little bit more, including just how much the Lakers, excuse me, the Warriors are going to miss we Gary Payton. We've got to stop doing this. This is why Perk, no, we're not. Perk, yeah. this is why you should host. All right, coming up on NBA Today, do we need to see Houston Harden for the Sixers? to even this series his former coach stops by to tell you and after dropping 45 points is Luca able to carry Dallas to a game two win the Mavs with a must win in the desert tonight plus Celtics star Jalen Brown joins the show and tells you what exactly it feels like to do this to Ooh. another NBA player we could don't go anywhere too. Jordan I'm Jalen Brown and you're watching NBA today Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Hotels.com. Find your perfect somewhere. Welcome back to NBA Today presented by Hotels.com. So there's plenty at stake tonight. Well, in South Beach, next to South Beach, as the Heat try to take a 2-0 series lead on the Joel Embiid-less Sixers. Under the current playoff format, number one seeds, they finished off 95% of their best of seven series after taking a 2-0 lead. So for the Heat, Tyler Hero, he's going to be on the court for the first time since dun, 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 winning the six man of the year honors with a 96 of the possible 100 first place votes. Hero's 20.7 points per game this season are the fourth most by a player to win this award. And the Sixers, they're in need of a breakout game from James Harden, who has scored under 25 points in 11 straight playoff games after going just 16 in game one. 16, that's it. So that's his longest streak since he was a Thunder reserve a decade ago. If only we had someone that coached James Harden who could talk to how he's playing. Let's go get this done. Hey, let's be great for 48 minutes. We've got to pick our pace up. Let the game come to us. Hey, we don't have to hit home runs and play the hero. Hey, DG, tell um, J.A. he's got to set it now. Jared Allen with a highlight reel alley-oop finish. Can 
you shall receive. We'd like to welcome in Cleveland Cavaliers head coach JB Bickerstaff to the show. JB, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I don't think I've ever had an intro like that, so I appreciate it. Well, I mean, we could we could cook that up, no problem <laughs> for you. So in 2015, you actually coached James Harden back in Houston. So with the Sixers still without Joel Embiid, if you were in Doc Rivers' position, how would you go about utilizing Harden in this series against the Heat? Well, we can take a look at the tape here, uh, and we can talk about how we could properly space him, mm. uh, space the guys around him. But that's one of the things that we've seen him do it. James Harden is at his best early in the clock, right? You go back to his Houston days, they were always tops in the league in pace. The defense isn't set against a defense like Miami's that is so great in the half court. You see he has the advantage one-on-one -on -one when he's playing full speed. We can take a look here at the spacing that's important. So this, they have four guys out on the perimeter that can shoot it. Now the big comes to set the pick and roll. You see Miami's defense has four guys above the break, above the free throw line because of the proper spacing. The middle of the floor opens up. Reed has layup or he has kick out uh, to green in the corner for the three. And, you know, we talk about James and his isolation basketball yeah. and the amount of dribbles that he uses, right? The dribbles aren't wasted motion for James. The dribbles are used to set up his defender to get to where he wants to go. He makes those moves and he reacts as quickly as the defense makes his move. Again, you see the spacing with DeAndre Jordan flat on the baseline and the dunk spot, the big helps up. It's an easy lob to DeAndre. Enough of those start to happen. Mm. Big guys are gonna stay home. They're not gonna come over to help. You'll see James at the free throw line because they'll be late in their help or you'll see him at the rim finishing easy ones. JB, thank you. Please don't go too far though because we'd like you to come back later in the show. Maybe talk a little bit about defending Luca. but for more on Harden, let's get it over to Richard and Matt for some on-court work. So Coach was, Coach was, look, JB Bickerstaff, one of the best in the business. He is, he's going to tell you the truth, right? He's going to tell you the truth. What we're going to do is we're going to tell you as players what, what we see, right? Now, all of those plays were correct. What is, what are you seeing from James Harden? And I want to talk more about the decline right. than it is like, right. hey, what can he do yeah. in these moments? Well, I, I, I want to think in my mind that he's only 32, so it, it, maybe he's still hampered. I don't want to think that he's really lost the step that he's always had and been an amazing who gave not only me, but every defender in the league nightmares. You know, as Coach Biggerstaff spoke, James always used those extra dribbles to set up his rhythm and get you leaning one way or another. So if you lean, he was quick to attack that angle. And another thing that I want think we're talking about as much RJ is he manipulated the foul rules so much that they changed that at the beginning of the season and yeah. we spoke uh, on that early in the season we haven't talked about it as much but he can have an off shooting night and still have 15 to 10 okay, free throws. stand here and I'm going to show you something this is the issue stand right there so this is the issue James Harden when he's got all of his handle you still have to be close to him because you're afraid of the deep three and so now that handle you're going left and right and he gets to dance with you because you have to be close but when he is shooting 32% from three 36% from Three. Now you can give him a little, little bit, bit more space. So space. all that dancing that he does, you can absorb it. You can absorb it far more. And so that's the issue. The reason why I think James wanted to come play uh, with Joel Embiid is because he needs Joel Embiid. The same way LeBron James needed uh, uh, Anthony Davis. The way these star players need other star players. He's at a space in his career where I don't know if it's a if it's a complete decline, like you said. It could be still hampered. But he went from 36 to 34 to 
to 25 to 22, and it's looking like it's starting to progress in that wrong direction because he doesn't have the star player next to him. Oh. So that puts more emphasis on one-on-one, -on -one, mm. which we haven't seen that one-on-one -on -one really in years. But again, also keep in mind, you know, as great a scorer as he is, he's had plenty of off-shooting nights like everyone else yeah. has, but he would also get 15 to 17 points from the free throw line and still end up with 28 to 35 points. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I think JJ said something insightful earlier on first take, which is that we have to start evaluating the player that James Harden is it now. Is. He's still it an is. excellent player, Absolutely. but what he's offering is different. Mm -hmm. They're going to need that in full fruition tonight. Thank you, Richard and Matt. Don't go anywhere. Much more on NBA Today coming up, including, you know who's stopping by? Celtics star Jalen Brown. I'll ask him about shifting Ooh. the energy. Ooh. What exactly does that mean? Hold that, Grayson. Oh, my goodness. And if you think we're done talking about Jaw, you don't know NBA Today. More on the eye poke that almost derailed game two for the Grizzlies. Plus, in a series dominated by stars in the backcourt, why DeAndre Ayton might be the key for the Ooh. Suns to get back to the finals? Ooh, -wee. you kind of match the basketball. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. So let's shift up to Boston, where the Celtics evened the series last night, and the lobster rolls are delicious. There is Jalen Brown. He was there, Jeff, did you hear this, three hours before tip-off, and then it yielded this. I'm sorry, Grayson, we're showing it again. We yeah. really are. Sometimes you got to get your mm. mind right. Sometimes you got to get mind right. A lot of times, playoffs, you might have family in town. You might have this. Mm. You might have that. I'm going to get there, get to work, and oh, see the man. results of he that work. He dropped him like that potato was so hot, and then he did this. Oh! Over Giannis! Yo, he was balling. Yeah. He was in his bag. He was in a grip. What scares me about how great he was playing, you kept seeing him grab his hamstring, and I hope that's not going to come up to bite him, so to speak, at right. some point in this series. It didn't bit. look like it bit him on that play. The Celtics roll 109-86. And, and get this, the Celtics, they've taken more threes than twos in each of the first two games of this series after having never done that in a playoff game in franchise history. So they lived by the three in game two. They made 20 of them while shooting better than 46% from distance, but died by the three. Game one, they hit just 36% of them. So game two, that was their savior. Game one, not so much, but it was an incredible bounce pack performance from the Celtics and a reminder that their star Jalen Brown will join us in just about 15 minutes. But gentlemen, we have to start with the graphic that we just showed on Boston's threes because Matt, 
I want to start with you here. We were talking about this in the break. Is that style a sustainable plan for the Celtics if they want to win this series? Well, the sweet spot last round for them was about 35 threes to get uh, a game per Brooklyn, and that's, you know, they swept through them. I think what the uh, the thing was in, in the first game is the Bucks were the physical, more physical team, mm. and that had the Celtics on their heels and no rhythm, and they were forcing up a bunch of threes. Game two, Boston came and met that physicality and were getting downhill, getting to the mid-range, so then they were more in rhythm with their three-point shots. So I still think that sweet spot's probably around 40, 35, 40. 50 might be a lot, but again, I think if they meet their physicality, they're going to get in more rhythm so that when they're shooting these three-point shots, you know, they may not have another hot shooting night like they did, but they'll be more consistent with their three-point shots. Well, and let, let's take a second here. Let, let's, let's not, like, go crazy. 36% is really good oh, if yeah. you're shooting that percentage of threes. That is really mm -hmm. good for that amount. That's, well, that's I, again, I don't know what the equivalent it is, but let's put it in perspective. The Golden State Warriors lost by five, and they shot 18% from three, seven for 39. So, like, for me, I look at this team. Is that the formula? Yes. But I also want to credit their defense, their adjustments that they made on Giannis, making it so much more difficult. And Giannis, as series progress with no Chris Middleton, you limit your options for Giannis. Chris Middleton is one of the best pick roll guys that they have mm -hmm. so what they did more in the second half is they more put him as a as a screener mm -hmm. and allow him to roll than toss in the ball drew holiday is a very good pick and roll player but after that you start to get very average with how they play their game because they just have floor spacers so for me that's where it struggles without chris middleton you are limited the options but i think to see Giannis more as a screener and as a roller because you gotta pull in when Giannis is rolling or if he gets that ball that will open up more three for for uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, but ultimately the Boston Celtics are the better team without Chris Middleton. Okay, Perk. You know what? Everything that Matt and, and, and RJ was saying is the gospel, and I have no argument. I actually agree with them on everything that they said. You know what? I want to credit Emei Yudoka, right? Mm. Because he's the guy that gets this team prepared every time they have to face adversity. Like, we talk about in the regular season at one point when they was 23 and 25. Emei Yudoka called out Jason Tatum, called out Jalen Brown, had to come into Jesus' meeting. All of a sudden, they season turned around. They got punched in the mouth game one. All of a sudden you see that type of physicality they came with on the defensive end. You saw that dog mentality. That's a reflection of your coach. That's a reflection of yeah. your coach going into the film room after game one and not being friendly with you. And so when I see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum come out with that tenacity, you see Jalen Brown arriving at the game uh, three ga three hours before time because he has it on his mind. That's all Emei Udoka. And, and I just want to give him a lot of credit because I think of all the coaches that's around the league he flies under the radar because so many coaches are doing a great job but he is doing an outstanding job how he's getting those guys to respond well then on the flip side of that now it goes on the team that just got blown out to make adjustments we saw Ime Odoka do that from game one to game two Matt we were just talking about it when Bud was on the hot seat, Mike Budenholzer, what was the knock on him? In-game adjustments. So let's see how he now responds because now the ball's in his court of what he is going to do with this Milwaukee Bucks team for a Game 3 on Saturday on ESPN. All right, coming up on NBA Today, we go back to Memphis and attempt to show you what Joss saw during the fourth quarter. Don't adjust your TVs. Joss <laughs> Vision, that's coming up next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All John Morant needed was one good eye to match his playoff career high of 47 points and even the Memphis Grizzlies series with the Golden State Warriors. Morant took a shot to the eye. It was late in the third quarter and then he dropped the final 15 points for Memphis to seal the win. Here's Morant after the game on his eyesight. You scored the last 15 points. Were you seeing okay as you were seeing those last 15 points? Honestly, no. But... Would you aim in the middle, or would you do? How did you? I got another good eye over here. <laughs> 2020 vision right here. Back with Richard Jefferson and Matt Barnes. So, Richard, I want you to walk us through how impressive this was, but given the context, has this ever happened to either of oh, you guys? Yeah. Oh, you, you're yeah. going to get poked in the eye if you yeah. play damn near any sport, but I definitely my, basketball. Yeah. I got mine poked bad. I almost lost my eyes. Zach Randolph nearly had like eight eye surgeries, and when I played with the Clippers, like he poked and like almost had my eye come out. So it's that that would be scary. Well, look, we're going to give you, know. you guys a little bit of an example of what that looks like because it's difficult. You're in the middle of the biggest game of your entire life, and you got a bunch of guys. So look, this is what we're going to do. Watch out. That's his bow, his bow, finger. hit you, hit you. Now, now, okay, well, we're going to try and figure this out. No, it, we it. need it blurrier. We need it more blurry. We need nothing. it more blurry. Oh, Malika, stop touching the camera. They're focusing on your face. <laughs> and so basically what happens in that this is your coach is saying, like, hey, hit the one in the middle. That was my favorite thing. I'm All seeing right. three of them out there, and you can't see it because now you're blurry. And, and this is another thing, your distance, your distance vision. You might be able to see the objects in front of you, yeah. but at a distance, it becomes exponentially harder to kind of see how how everything is moving. You can see how blurry this is, but let me say this, it's far more blurry than what we're seeing on television right now. Well, I mean, you just got to think, this just adds to kind of his mystique and his greatness. He's such a competitor that even with one eye, I mean, some guys would take a seat and stay down. He came back in, knew, he knew he had to lead his team, and he went out there, like we said, scored the final 15, 18 points in the fourth quarter, 47 points, career high. Amazing performance for the guy with only uh, one eye for the last 13 minutes of the yeah, game. Yeah, and after the game, our, our, after the show, we're going to poke Malik in that in her eye and allow her to shoot some baskets we're like she's already signed up for it she signed the waiver so we're fine with that don't worry 2020 shooting 2020 vision all right Gloria okay. and all Jaws 47 points are the most by any player this postseason tied for the fourth most by a player age 22 or younger in postseason history I wonder how many of those folks had a funky eye Jaws big game also tied Moran's own Grizzlies franchise playoff scoring record set last postseason so I want to bring back Back in JV Bickerstaff. Jaw currently has the highest scoring output in the playoffs, but with Luka in action, who knows for how long, right? So as a coach in this league who's faced Luka Doncic throughout the years, how would you game plan against him if you were the Suns? Uh, well, there's, there's two schools of thought here, right? You have a superstar player where he's most dangerous if you allow him to score and get assists. So now you have to pick your poison. Uh, it's do you allow him to go off and you play him a lot of one-on-one -on -one and keep other guys out of the game? Or do you bring help to him, put two bodies on him, now he's able to create and get those other guys involved and you try to see if those other guys 
can beat you. I think the best is a combination of both of those things. Uh, with him, you know, you want to play him one-on-one -on -one and try to freeze the other guys out of the game early. And then at the end of the game, send bodies to him. Now he's got to pass the ball to those guys. Those yeah. guys don't really have a rhythm. Uh, and now those shots that they get become much more difficult. Well, if, if memory serves, JB, your Cavs team actually held Luka to 9 of 21 shooting in a win back in November. What was so successful, successful in limiting him then? Uh, size. You know, obviously he's a great player. He's a great scorer. Uh, but what we were able to do was keep a guy who was 6'10 or bigger on him. Uh, we had Lowry Markkinen who would guard him. We would switch him off to Jared Allen. We would switch him off to Evan Mobley. Uh, so we would just try to put as much size as we could on him and make him play in a crowd because, you know, he typically takes advantage of guys smaller than him. Uh, so we wanted to send as many seven-footers at him as we could. Well, speaking of size, you speak highly of DeAndre Ayton and how effective he is in the Suns lineup. He scored 25 in a game one win against Dallas. But what exactly makes him so versatile and valuable in this series? Well, he gives hope to the big man being able to play in the playoffs again. Uh, if you've seen in the past, because teams try to size down, uh, the big guys who can't switch and guard smaller guys and pick and roll, they have to go sit on the bench. What DeAndre Ayton has proven is there's a place for a big man uh, in the playoffs. Because of his ability to switch, keep smaller guys in front of him, make them have to take shots over the top of him, he can play on the defensive end of the floor. And then on the opposite end of the floor, the offensive end of the floor, he makes people pay when they put smalls on him. So if they decide that they want to switch, he can roll in the paint. He's got that nice little face-up jumper. He's got the jump hook, and he knows how to punish you over the top by holding his seals and making those outlets easier for his guards. See, this is one thing that I want to say, everybody here on this panel, you know, as basketball savants. Um, I have a question. Does anybody in this building right now know what uh, JB stands for? Anybody? Do you, do you know? Do you? I, I know. Do well, you know? I, not off the top of my head, do no. you know what JB stands for? <laughs> Don't, Jalen John Brown. Blair. John Blair. John Blair. John Thank you so much Blair. for joining us, John Blair. So Honestly, you're, you're my guy, You're man. only going Appreciate. to be called John Blair on this show from here on out. Oh, all the time. Richard Gertrude Jefferson, we so appreciate you, too. <laughs> the NBA playoffs, they roll on Friday night with a pair of game threes on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the app, the Heat and Sixers square off in their Eastern Conference semi at 7 Eastern. Then it's out to Dallas for the Western Conference semis between the Suns and the Mavs. You know my middle name is Karen. In case you couldn't tell, the producer of this fine show is a Celtics fan. So we have more on them coming up. Jalen Brown joins us in about seven minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. If I was a betting man, I would have bet that JB was going to have a great game. Round for three. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Just a clinic right now for Jalen Brown. This is contested for three. Oh, of course he did. He is cooking right now. Brown, three-pointer. And he is on fire. 
night number seven. Fresh off his 30-point performance, we now welcome in Jalen Brown. Jalen, thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate you. And on the show, we were talking about how hard it is for us from the outside to get a feel for the series because there was just such a seismic shift, right, between game one and game two. And I certainly want to get to your performance, but can you just tell us what went through your mind when you crossed up Grayson Allen like that? Um, just trying to be <laughs> aggressive. I mean, it's the playoffs, so. Um, you got to come with the energy. You got to come and be aggressive. And um, and that was it. Just made a play. And it's only two points. So got to look forward to making more plays down the line of the series. Humble, diplomatic. I like that. You can't, it can't get too big when the series is tied at 1-1. I, I want to shift gears a little bit. And speaking of shifts, if we could go back in time a little bit. Because on January 31st, you tweeted, quote, the energy is about to shift. Where were you when you sent that? What made you say that? Um, just, you know, you ever been in a time where things don't seem to be going right? You know, during life, everything just seems to be going wrong. And, um, you know, I just felt like just for everybody, things was just about to shift. You know, certain times of the year, it actually was a, a retrograde, which means like planets were spinning in the opposite direction um, for people who believe in that type of stuff. And I know at that moment, the energy was about to change. So. I tweeted it out and we went on a win streak. Well, it's one thing to just tweet something out. It's another thing for it to come to fruition. And that was up against the backdrop. You mentioned it. There was a lot that was going on for you guys, including having issues staying healthy and then fit questions about you and Jason Tatum. Specifically there, was it a conversation, a meeting, an outing to shift the energy and yield the partnership that, you were, that we're seeing on the court now? Um, not really. I don't think we did anything different than we have normally done. I think that we got healthy. I think that was a key thing. I think we had some injuries. I missed about 15 games early in the year. Yeah. Um, and, and that affected us. But new organization, I mean, not new organization, but new teammates, um, new front office, new coaching staff. So uh, we just had to get our feet set. And then when, once we did, um, we see the results. So I credit it to that. With you and Jason specifically, was it just about getting on the court more to have that energy sort of come together that you were alluding to in your tweet? Um, not necessarily. I think we play well in a lot of stretches in our whole career. You know, mm. just, you know, um, people right now, uh, I just had a lot of, you know, criticism and Catrice. That was fair because things weren't going right, but it wasn't necessarily because me and Jason didn't get along or didn't play well together. It was just because we were trying to fit all the parts together and trying to figure out how we could both be ourselves and at the same time, you know, complement each other. And, and that takes growth, that takes experience. And that's what we were trying to figure out in the middle of everybody, you know, watching it and, and seeing the, the growing mistakes and stuff like that. And having their opinions about everything that was going on. I, I've got to say, I wish that I could tweet something out sometimes, manifest it, and then have it come to fruition as well as you did. Do you go back and look at that? And did you know how right you were going to be, how well things were going to course correct for the Celtics team? Um, well, I never lost faith. I'll say that. Um, they're in the middle of everybody, all the turmoil, all the critiques. You can go back and pull the receipts that uh, I always said that things were going to change, things were going to pick up. The energy, how we kind of felt about each other and about the group was always high. It was always consistent. It was always positive. So I knew it was only a matter of time. We weren't getting blown out. Uh, we were losing games by yeah. close margins. So we just had to figure out how to win games and, and, and how to be healthy and stuff like that. And once we did, uh, we knew we were going on a little bit of a run. And uh, Ime was good um, about staying persistent in that manner, too. So it was just a matter of time. Ime has been really impressive to watch this season. When you shared that with the world, was that a sentiment that you'd already shared with your teammates privately? 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, the group has been positive the entire year about how we were going to um, continue to pursue um, this year. Like, we were right there. Um, so once we got healthy, once we figured things out, things just sort of clicked. I've been on great teams, and I've been on teams that, you know, underperformed. So I could sense that the energy was there, and it was about to shift, and it did. Well, speaking of shifts, I want to go back to the series. How can you keep that shift, that momentum that you found in Game 2 as the series shifts, for lack of a better term, back to Milwaukee? Just take it one game at a time. we got to come out and bring the energy. Um, Milwaukee's the defending champs. Um, they have a lot of great players and great talent, and they're very well coached. So we're going to have to be the disciplined and smarter team and also come out and just execute and play basketball. That's what it's going to come down to, just who's going to outplay who. And uh, last night we won, but each game is its own story, so we got to be ready for each game. Jalen Brown, I appreciate you stopping by NBA Today. Are we going to see that shirt come out uh, again, the, the energy's shifting? Yeah, it's online. You can find it uh, online <laughs> on the, uh, juiceshop.com. You can find it. It's already being sold. So appreciate you, Malika. Thank you for everything. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Coming up, some sound from Draymond Green that you need to hear. Let's see what the panel thinks of Dre's latest soundbite. NBA Today returns in 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by Hotels.com. Find your perfect somewhere. This is the WNBA's 26th season. Saturday tip-off weekend continues with reigning MVP John Quell Jones leading the Sun versus Sabrina Unescu in the Liberty. Our coverage begins at 6 o'clock Eastern. So early in the first quarter of game two, Draymond Green, he took an elbow to the face from Xavier Tillman that caused Green to need Ooh. stitches. Stitches for a right eye laceration. So on his way back to the locker room, he flipped off the Memphis crowd. Here's what Draymond said about that sequence after the game. Fans were saying something. You're going to boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood, you should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up another. It felt really good to flip them off. You're going to boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running on your face? I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're gonna if they're gonna be that nasty, I can be nasty too. And I'm assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fined. Great, I make $25 million a year. I should be just fine. Did you guys see his eye? We don't talk eye. We're not talking about the eye. We're talking about his comments. I love it. I, look, let me say. Look, the only thing I'll say. The only thing I'll say about this. There's is, a laugh again. No, no it's like Crazy. I could. It's uh, unprofessional. I could have had a it's Yeah, it's yeah, unprofessional, but a lot of things everybody does. Guess what? Unprofessional. Sometimes unprofessional is called for, and sometimes unprofessional is hey, just fine. That, 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 look, you know. I'm not mad at that. I mean, it's, it's, it's intense, and I think Draymond is one of those guys, either you love or you hate him. You know what I mean? And it, it can't be both. And ways. guess what? He doesn't care he doesn't which care, side you are on, and that's care. what Draymond's fire care. is. He, he doesn't care. That That's what makes Draymond go. That's what makes him the Warriors, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the foot on the gas is Draymond Green, right, Richard? Yeah, the days of, of athletes, like, <laughs> holding, their tongues. Aspect, holding their tongues. And, uh, like, and, I, and I get it, man. Ugh. Look, you don't want to do things like that. You don't run, a, <laughs> run up on a stage and tackle Dave Chappelle. Bad things can happen to you. Hey, I was there. Bad, his bad things, his bad was bad things can happen. See, this is the thing, people. <laughs> yeah, like, people, they starting this trend. Thank you, Eli. Starting the trend, giving the double bird. You know what? It's different when you see him. I have no problem oh, with what Draymond did. What's it? 
they say to children, do unto others what you want done to yourself? Uh, yeah. That's, that's all that was going on there. Tell One day tomorrow. Be nice. Tell them, Dave. Be nice. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.